0: <laughs> and a new Irish record for Phil Healy, 22.99. No can wait,
1: no
2: more. And the Christy Cooney hands over the Sam McGuire Cup to Graham County, Cork All-Ireland Champions for the seventh time ever.
0: Hello and welcome to episode 12 of the Star Sport podcast. I'm Jack McCarran of the Southern Star and I'm joined as always by Star Sport editor Kieran McCarthy. On today's show, we'll be joined by Kinsale's Orla Finn ahead of the Cork Ladies Footballers League final with Galway on Sunday. We'll
2: also be chatting to Olympic rowing hopeful Denise Walsh ahead of the Skibbereen Rowing Club Regatta
0: this weekend. But Kieran, there's only one place to start today's show, and that's at Ellen Road where there were incredible scenes on Sunday as Premier League hopefuls Leeds United and Aston Villa share the points in a one-all draw. But it wasn't the result that grabbed the headlines, and for those that didn't see the game, I'll set the scene. Aston Villa forward Jonathan Codja goes down injured in midfield. Referee Stuart Atwell, waves play on, Villa players appeal for the ball to be put out of play. Leeds attacker Tyler Roberts treads it through to Matthias Klick, who slots the ball home. Cue utter chaos. And now you might be wondering why we're covering this incident on a West Cork sports podcast. But Kieran, maybe you can shed some light on, on that. I can indeed,
2: Jack. Just after Leeds scored a goal that they shouldn't have scored, <laughs> in my opinion, it was Bandon's own Conor Horan who squared up to... I think it was... Was it Codja he squared? No, it wasn't. It was... Um,
0: it, it was the goal scorer. It click. was the goal
2: scorer. The Leeds goal scorer that Connor kind of squared up to because Connor was not happy with the, I suppose, the <laughs> conduct and the.
0: Not with happy. The he was putting it mildly.
2: He was, and I think he's a hundred percent right for what Connor did. You know, there's he's a bit of fire in the belly and stuff, and he was like, fake this," you know, kind of. Like myself, and you disagree in this, Jack. You know, um, I'm very much far for Connor Horan's reaction in this because I think what Leeds did was hundred percent wrong. Okay, they didn't break any official rule in the game, but it was very unsportsmanlike. And in the first half, when at on, I I just have to stop you there. Oh, here we go. Here we go. You were
0: saying unsportsmanlike. I think it's unsportsmanlike for certain footballers to go down, holding their legs, their arms, their shoulders, when there's barely been a touch. And then the opposition team, because of this false etiquette and sportsmanship... That is in the game They then have to Put it out of play So that that player Can just get back up And get back into position He, well, he, was, he ended up being Taken off as a sub yeah. But I would have doubts About the severity Of his injury I think they've done that To protect him But just get him off the field Make it look like He was really injured Just to kind So I think the lack Of sportsmanship Is more in the players Going down injured mm. Than the opposition players Putting it out of play, which is absolutely ridiculous. You don't see in hurling when a player goes down or in Gaelic football, the opposition put it out of play. No, the game just goes on, the physio runs on and attends to the injured player. This. I, think- I do no,
2: I, I do I do I, I do agree with you there, Jack. It is it, it's it's a blight on the game the way that, that players now feign injury and stuff and it's it's nonsense half the time. I think back a couple of years ago, David Louise for for Chelsea against Manchester United at Old Trafford. Louise went down in the corner injured. I think the player was stopped and there was a photo after of Louise just smiling. He was just smiling away to the fans you because know, he knew he'd pull the fast one. Yeah. But going back to the Leeds Aston Villa game, in the first half of that game, and I could be wrong here, but I think I'm right, one of the Leeds players Went down injured and Villa kicked the ball out for them. Yeah. So they were like, it's only fair, like what, what Villa did to the a Leeds player went down injured, Leeds should have done the same when a Villa player went down injured. But they didn't, you know, call them dirty Leeds or call them whatever you want, but they, they played on. And that goal, even though again it didn't break any rules, um, it just wasn't right in the context of, of the game. And that's why I was delighted. That, that Leeds again they actually won some admirers for once when Marco Bielsa ordered his players to let Aston Villa score a goal even though the, the Leeds captain and central defender tried his best to stop
0: it but he was me in that moment I said go for it go for it but like, I don't necessarily think mm-hmm. um, the wrong thing was done in the end by Leeds giving the goal because in current football that is just the way things are done there is this false etiquette but what I'm saying is a rule should be brought in. Just turn off your phone here for a second and we'll carry on. A rule should be brought in across the board where players are no longer expected to put the ball out of play for an injury and just get rid of this complete and utter blight on the game, as you say. And like, I'm not holding you against Conor Howard for reacting the way he did because of the etiquette footballers expect. That was a natural reaction. But if... That was taken away from the players. The need to kick the ball out because someone is down, holding their ankle. Then, none of this situation would have arose. The Aston Villa players... Why are you always told from the age of about five <laughs> or six when you're playing football, hurling, GAA, rugby, anything? Play to the whistle. But the Aston Villa players did not play to the whistle. They expected sportsmanship from Leeds of all clubs. But is it they they- expected sportsmanship. Why- how- never expect anything from... A fellow professional but Always expect the worst. Isn't it great to see This little glimmer Of
2: humanity In professional football Because The world of professional football Is murky And it's full of money At the best of times And it's just It's corrupt It's this it's that We don't know what's going on But think back to years ago Paul Cano For West Ham Against Everton when the goalkeeper was down, the ball came in, he had an open goal, and he caught the ball. Yeah. That was, that the was goalkeeper
0: a, had a broken leg, so that was different. Well, he, we
2: didn't know at the time he had a broken leg, yeah. but he caught the ball. The goalkeeper goalkeeper's and it,
0: different as well. Yeah, anyway. but,
2: but that was a beautiful moment, you know. Kind of, it's just great to see that kind of. But those that,
0: that <laughs> principles still exist in the game, you know. Kind of, we've, it's such a false principle because the player injured is oftentimes faking. So the, the, the principal decision to put the ball out of play, mm. they've been fooled into doing it. So two wrongs don't make a right. One wrong though, no, it doesn't add up. Is what I'm saying. Okay. One question, so Jack, and this: Baltimore
2: Crabs Beamish Cup final. Ye are one nil down, and the same thing. The same thing happens that one of your players goes goes out, a Baltimore player, and let's pick uh, a team. Skipperine. Um, Skipperine, get a goal like that uh, when the Baltimore player is down. Would you just accept that And say Okay fair enough
0: No that's what I'm saying That's what I'm saying I can understand Conor Howrahan's reaction Because The way the game is currently played They're expected to kick it out But I would go absolutely nuts If it happened to me as well But then I would also say But wouldn't it be a better game If this could never happen Because the referee had final say Like they do In hurling and Rugby You never stop playing Until the referee says so And Before we get too angry We should bring it back to Bandon's Conor Howrahan now Because I said a few weeks ago on the podcast and I was ridiculed by some in my comparison to Roy Keane Mm -hmm. in the way he led in the Ireland versus Georgia game but his reaction was also Brilliant. reminiscent of Roy Keane. There was veins popping out of his head. Yeah. He looked like someone ready for a fight. Now, he, he was angry. And like, like the fire t- in your belly, I, I, I like to see that. But well, I would like to see the rule changed, is what I'm saying. It
2: shows a bit of heart. It shows a bit of fire in Conor. And he's always had that. And, you know, what's going to be interesting is the playoffs now for the championship. As There's a couple of teams battling to get up to the Premier League. We could have the... You could have the case in a couple of weeks' time where if Villa and Leeds, as far as I know, they could be on opposite sides in the semi-final. I think they are, yeah. They are. So you could have a Leeds-Aston Villa playoff final at Wembley. The two teams back again. And they'd be interesting to see what happens if a fella goes out injured oh, that day.
0: Drama! No, don't give it The drama was unbelievable. Yeah. Like One of the greatest pieces of sporting television you'll ever see. Like, mm. Joe, I could not take my eyes off it. There was the, Joe, the side action of... John Terry mouthing at the Leeds manager. There was just things going on all over the mm-hmm. shop. The Aston Villa supposedly injured player sneaking down the tunnel. The Patrick Bamford potential Irish international with a disgraceful dive. And mm-hmm. an Aston Villa midfielder El Ghazi sent off. So yeah, don't get me wrong, like, this was dramatic television at its best. But I think for the good of football, the referee should be the only person allowed to decide. That play is stopped, and in the rules, I think that's what it says. I think so. Is yeah, this still think. fake etiquette that
2: once it's out of head injury, the ref can let it play on? But I think I'm glad we both agreed that Conor Horan's reaction
0: was yeah. right. It was it was warranted for me, it was warranted in the current climate, yeah. But if the rule is changed, which it should be, in my opinion, or just it's, the rule can't be changed, just the whole mindset, yeah. of, But anyway, look, good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, great drama, as we said, whatever your interpretation of the incident but now for more pressing matters the cork lady footballers are back in the big time they're in the league league final action this weekend and Kieran spoke to talismanic forward Orla Finn to preview the game
2: I'm joined now by friend of the show, Orla Finn, Cork footballer, ahead of a huge weekend for the Cork ladies football team, the Division 1 league final against Galway this Sunday. Before we talk about the game, Orla, just to check in on you, you missed the game recently through concussion, but you were back to the semi-final, you got 13 points, so you're flying fit again?
3: Yeah, no, I'm delighted to be back now again. I got um, a hit in a Donegal game, um, so I was out for a few weeks after that, um, just with concussion, so I had to just take care and look after myself for those few weeks. But no, I'm delighted to be back now again.
2: And you definitely made your impact felt in that semi-final against Dublin. But before we look at that game, the league kind of started off pretty slow for Cork. You had two losses in the first uh, three games, but you've really picked up form since then.
3: Yeah, I did, I suppose. The first few games were kind of getting used to each other again. We're kind of a team in transition. There's a lot of new girls coming onto the panel this year. Um we were out with the more Nabby girls at the start of the year as well, um, for, for the first few games. So I suppose having everyone back now is, has really helped and the experience that the younger girls have gotten in the in the first few games are really standing to us. We have a, a massive panel now, you know, um we've great subs to come on, um, which which is really helping us.
2: You talk here of some of the younger players. I was just going through some stats um, ahead of our preview of the Southern Star this and Let's say the likes of Bernie Rovers, Emer and, and Derek Hoyle, I think they've played in eight and seven games. Laura Mahoney's played in six games. Claire O'Shea from Vera in the last two games. Your own club mate, Cy Bolleri has featured in a good few games. So you've unearthed a lot of talented players there, Orla, and it's really going to strengthen the panel, even looking forward to the Championship.
3: Yeah, there's unbelievable talent coming through. Um, those girls have really stood up this year to senior level. I know some of the girls were on the panel after Leaving Cert last year, but there's some new girls, Claire and Laura um, and Sarah Leahy, they're doing their Leaving Cert this year. Um, so just having them on board with us is fantastic. And they're they're at all the trainings and, and they're putting in that extra effort. So having them is, has really strengthened pan, our panel. And it shows on the day of a big game. Even last week, when it went to extra time, we had the subs to come on. Um, so, no, it's fantastic.
2: I was chatting to James Masters this week, just ahead of the game, looking at the game, and he made um, mention of the two. The, the strength in the Cork attack at the moment is phenomenal. If you look in the bench, you, uh, on any given day, you could have Sir Noonan, Emer Skelly, kind of anyone. Like, obviously, you start on Terry, Kira, Darren. It's just there, it, there's an array of riches there, you know. Kind of it must be pretty hard for us to win your, to win your place on, uh, on the starting 15 and then to try and hold on to that place.
3: Yeah, to be honest, I don't know how the management. Uh... <laughs> And settle on on, a, on the starting six forwards, but um, it's a brilliant it's a brilliant position to be in for us and for management. You know, looking back years ago when we were winning the All Irelands, we had that depth in in the panel and that strength, and it's coming back around that uh, to that now again, which which will really stand to us going forward. So it's a good position to be in, really.
2: Another big addition this year, and she's back, Niamh Cotter, who's been superb so far in the league. She missed Leicester; she was away in Canada uh, with college, but. How big a process has it been having Dave back in the team, Orla?
3: Oh, she's been fantastic. You know, she's really been running the show, midfield, centre-forward area. You know, just she has the experience from the previous years. And and coming back this year now, she has that hunger after missing last year as well. And she's really stepped up. She's really settled back into the panel. And she's absolutely flying it.
2: Yeah, I'm going to throw you kind of a trickier question now, because I, I've asked Melissa Dorgan this and James Masters in, in, the, in the last few days. Just to see what's more important in the final this weekend—is it more important to get a good team performance, or is it more important for Cork to win some silverware?
3: Um, I think if we have a good team performance, we'll have a very good chance of winning the game. To be honest, um, the last in the last few games we've been going from strength to strength. Um, I think a team performance is important going forward for us that we all click. Um, but it would be nice, you know, we're after we didn't even we lost the semi-final last year. Um, the only medal we came out with last year really was, was the Munster final win so it would be nice to, to set us off in a good start um, winning a league title
2: Regardless of, uh, hopefully obviously you all hope the Cork win this uh, this weekend but regardless of that, it's been a very good league for Cork, like I know we mentioned about inerting new players but you have a very strong competitive squad looking, looking towards the Munster Championship and the All-Ireland series
3: Yeah and that's the position that we want to be in, you know, we want people pushing for, for places um, that's the way that you're going to hopefully be successful if you have people pushing for paces and driving each other each other on in trainings. Um, you know, trainings are very competitive and that's the way you want it to be to get the most out of them. So it's we're in a great position, really.
2: And hopefully everything will go well this Sunday. There'll be more silverware coming back to Cork. So best to look for that. Thanks very much for joining us.
1: Thanks a million. Thanks, Kieran. Thank you for listening to the Star Sports Podcast. Don't forget to pick up this week's Southern Star Featuring our award-winning sports section that is everything a sports fan in West Cork could want. Available every Thursday in shops across West Cork and online from anywhere in the world. The Southern Star, number one for sport in West Cork.
0: Welcome back to the Star Sport Podcast. Now the Skibbereen Regatta takes place this weekend, which as always is a huge event. For a Skibbereen Rolling. Kieran, can you maybe tell us a little bit about the Regatta?
2: Yeah, the the Regatta is the I suppose one of the, the big events, the big event of the year for Skibbereen Rolling Club. It's on this Saturday, May 4th, and this Sunday, May 5th, at the National Roan Centre in Escara. In so it's over two days. They have an entry of well over six hundred crews, which is fantastic. Um, and it's a great chance for, for us us normal folk to hopefully get to see the likes of Gary and Paul Donovan in action, you, Shane O'Driscoll and Marco Donovan, who were the world li- lightweight pair champions back in 2017. You, um, hopefully we'll see world um, single champion, Sanita Paspora in action. All the top internationals, as well as the likes of Skibre and Clubs, Jake and Fintan McCarty, the twins, who were going very, very well this year and actually medalled at a regatta in Italy there a couple of weeks ago. And for younger Skibroars like Finn O'Reilly, who was picked on the Ireland team for the Coupe de la Junesse uh, later on this year. So... Huge event for the Skibbereen rowing Club and ahead of it I had a chat with Denise Walsh who as well as being an Irish international rower, is also the secretary for the regatta. I'm joined now by Denise Walsh, Irish international rower, 2017 European singles gold silver medalist, and also this weekend a very busy Skibbereen Roan Club regatta secretary. Uh, welcome Denise. Um, big weekend for the club this weekend at the National Rowing Centre in Ascara on Saturday May 4th and Sunday May 5th. It's the Skibbereen Roan Club, Regatta. Can you tell me a small bit about Regatta and its importance?
4: Um, So it's kind of our main fundraiser for the year. Anyway, first of all, it's kind of our big event that we hold every year. Unfortunately, last year was cancelled due to the weather. So we're hoping this year that it'll be kind to us. Um, so it's kind of the part of the Grand League series. So there's like three of them a year. Um, so we kind of normally hold... One of the big ones that's been successful every year we've held it, so fingers crossed. Um, And we get a lot of internationals at the Regatta and it's very well run. We couldn't do without all the volunteers. We have 100 volunteers normally every year from the club and the community, so it's great. As, as
2: well as the volunteers, some local businesses help out as well?
4: Yeah, so uh, the Celtic Ross are providing prizes for us this year, so every winner will get a t-shirt um, and then Connecticut normally come on board to give you some products, so we're hoping that we'll get some of them now before the weekend as well. So yeah, like everyone kind of comes on board, yeah.
2: Super, and as well as that Denise, like this is an opportunity for club rowers of all ages, can you just talk us through like how many events there are, like what ages they start at and what, what we can expect this weekend? Yeah,
4: so they started junior 14 all the way up to senior and then masters on top of that again. So, it's kind of the first regard now that a lot of our younger rowers will be rowing in this year because everything's been cancelled so far with the weather. So, we're after introducing a uh, junior 14 and junior 15 8x pluses, which is eight people in a boat. So, that age category is like it's kind of only new coming on the scene. So, it's going to be great to see like all the youngsters, a big group of them out in the water. Um, and then they get to race against, so the Grand League is good because let's say a junior 16 will get to race against Gary and Paul if they're racing like so. It's kind of it's like an overall time kind of thing. So you're in a big group and Mm. then you get seeded into your finals. So it's like their opportunity to race against the internationals to really see where they want to get to and how, yeah that's fantastic yeah. as well
2: and this regatta is getting bigger every year like you said unfortunately last year it was cancelled yeah. and there were 700, 770 crews entered last year yeah. and that was up in the year before like this is an event that's getting bigger and bigger and you have a real top quality field this weekend
4: yeah uh, that regatta which wasn't held was 100 crews and extra than normal so like that would have been pretty <laughs> spectacular to run but um, this weekend a lot of them are doing exams and stuff so we kind of have more quality in the field like there's a lot of the internationals hopefully racing after camp in Brazzi and uh, yeah so hopefully there'll be some really good racing and some tight racing and stuff yeah.
2: And I think I mentioned earlier not only are you a roar but you're also the, the regatta secretary so yeah. you have been up the walls I can only guess the last couple of weeks so what does that role actually involve for you? Um,
4: so I don't know how much I've done really but uh, we held a meeting before we went away to Italy and just kind of ran through what needs to be done and everyone in the club helps out so everyone does their part kind of thing so we just kind of trash it out between us just to make sure everything's covered. Um, we're having another meeting tonight now to kind of get everything finalized. So I just send out emails looking for volunteers. We're still looking for volunteers. Um, so then I make out the Regatta timetable and things like that. So you kind of follow a broad layout and then make out the times for all the races. And like the entries go into like this overall tracker system. And you have to kind of see through them then to make sure all the races are there and the timetables and nothing clashes, things like that. And then just field a few phone calls from people asking a few questions that you have to say no to, probably. <laughs> yeah, so that's about it, really. So I take, I, Then on the day, obviously, you're in the office yeah. and, like, you know, answering all the questions and stuff, yeah.
2: So I kind of presume you're going to be pretty busy on Saturday and Sunday. So will you actually get on the water yourself to race?
4: Um, I'm entered, so we'll see all going well. Like, mm. if we can get together quad or Dublin double and stuff, like, i go out racing, yeah, yeah.
2: And Let's have a quick look at some of the athletes that we hope we might see this mm-hmm. weekend obviously from Skibbereen club Skibbereen rowing club here Gary and Paul O'Donovan uh, Mark O'Donovan Shane O'Dri- o, uh, Shane O'Driscoll you yeah. might see them in the water Denise Yeah
4: I'm hoping that like they're all going to be there and um, unfortunately the Rowan Island trailer broke or truck broke down again so a lot of the boats are on that so we kind of they're going to have to try and get some spare boats and things like that so I suppose it all depends on that but I'd say they'll all be around the regatta mm-hmm. anyway whether they're racing or not as well so that's good
2: and as well as that we know we will see underwater Jake and Fintan McCarthy, yeah. and as well as Finn O'Reilly who's been picked for the for the Coupe this year like Jake and Fintan and Finn like, it's, great, it's great to see them it's another opportunity for them oh
4: again. yeah definitely like it's great to see more internationals and everything competing and more people get on the team like Finn now and stuff so that's really good yeah, for the club
2: and as well as that, hopefully we might see again world champion Sunita, Sunita Pascura. Yeah, she'll
4: be there anyways.
2: yeah. And Monika Dukarska, I hope I've got her name right. Yeah. Uh, African um, and Emily Hegarty as well, yeah. which would be brilliant. Will Dominic Casey be around this weekend and what will Dominic be doing?
4: So Dominic <laughs> will be umpiring uh, for two of the slots and I'd say he'll be driving the launch or in and around people for the other slots, but he'll be working, uh, we'll put him working.
2: Oh, fantastic you mentioned yeah. there as well you're in italy that was an international camp in Varese for a couple of weeks how did how did things go there
4: yeah grand um there was a big group of us there i say it was the biggest camp we've been on yet yeah, there was like 19 athletes so it was really good yeah. to like you know hang out with different people and things like that like so yeah a lot of work done there yeah
2: I suppose it's important this time of the year, like the international kind of season is just around the corner. So was it important to get that block of training in before before things start to pick up in the summer?
4: Yeah, like, you know, final trials will be in June now, so there's going to be a lot of training and stuff to be done before then. So there was a lot of kind of crews put together and things like that out in the camp, yeah
2: so before you even can turn your attention to international scene it's all about this weekend at the national rowing center yeah it's saturday may 4th sunday may 5th it's the yeah. Skibberine Roan club regatta promises to be a great great show
4: yeah it's like the one time people can come and see us racing and like it's so close to home it's only an hour off the road and like you're never gonna like are you gonna go abroad to see the international racing whereas you can see them this again so it's kind of something to Yeah, I
2: couldn't have said it better myself Come here Denise, (laughs) thank you so so much for coming along and best of luck this weekend Cool,
1: thanks a million Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Star Sports Podcast Don't forget to pick up this week's Southern Star featuring our award winning sports section that has everything a sports fan in West Cork could want Available every Thursday in shops across West Cork and online from anywhere in the world The Southern Star, number one for sport in West Cork.
0: Welcome back to the Star Sport podcast. And Kieran, as noted by our opening two interviews, busy weekend of sport coming up in West Cork for West Cork, for the people of West Cork. They want to know where they can read about it. I'm assuming they can read about it all in Thursday's Southern Star, specifically the sports section. But what, might I ask, is in this week's sports section
2: Oh Jack it's our favourite time of the week I just look forward to this every week as soon as this podcast is over I cannot wait for this time next week to record the exact same piece but as usual Jack it's a cracker Um, 24 pages of sport in this week's Southern Star um, the Cork ladies as we talked to Orla earlier are in the National League Division 1 final so we've interviews with James Masters as well as well as Orla and a look at Melissa Duggan from Donnie's who has emerged and matured into one of the finest um, footballers in the country also last weekend the Cork minor Camogie team won the All Ireland and there was a very very strong West Cork influence in that team so we have a match report pictures and an interview with their manager Jerry Wallace Skibbereen Rugby Club held the junior interprovincial game between Leinster and Munster last weekend a fantastic occasion and Skibbereen really really did put on a superb show unfortunately the result wasn't great Leinster won 19-13 but there were eight local players involved Four from Benden, two from Skibbereen, one from Clonakilty, one from Kinsale. Oh sorry, and Crosshaven as well. Jamie Kine from Crosshaven. So that's nine nine West Cork players involved. So we have that included this week. Um, in soccer, Drina Rangers' reign as West Cork League Premier Division champions is over. They drew I know Jackie's shaking his head here and like, um, two weeks ago Drina lost the Beamish Cup final. The week after they lost the Maybury Coaches Parkway Hotel final. And now last weekend, they drew one-all with the Manway Town, and that means they've relinquished their league title. What happens now is the Manway Town and the Belly the hub will go forward to a playoff for the Premier Division title in, um, I think, two weeks' time. So we have all the news and reaction from that. And there's so much more, Jack, that you really have to go out and pick up this week's Southern Star out on Thursday to see and read about all the fantastic sport that was not offered last weekend and that's coming up
0: this weekend and don't forget if you're living outside of west cork the newspaper is also available to purchase via our website in digital edition and the page you need to go to is www.southernstar.ie forward slash epaper and you can read this southern star on your ipad iphone tablet desktop laptop for less than two euro per week but as i say every week If you're in and around the shop where they're selling it, it's always nice to have the broadsheet. But, Kieran, before you ask your listeners' question, which I think you were planning on doing just now, I also received a listeners' question to the digital at southernstar.ie email address. And it's from Michael in Clonakilty. Oh, Michael, Michael. (laughs) Michael wants to know, Kieran, what is the best time you've ever run? 5km in I know you used to do a bit of running in your day maybe you still do I'm not too sure but do you have a good 5k PB? Well to start off I just want to kind of um, put this Thanks for the question
2: Michael Thanks Michael very much for this putting me on the spot but I have a very dodgy knee I have, I have to kind of put that forward first. so any time I do put forward before people start laughing you have to take into account that my, my right knee I have no cartilage there oh, Sounds I did my, painful I did my cruciate years and years ago when I was 19 and I had bone on bone damage and all that so my knee is in bits it's in shreds so i have to but still i'm a warrior i'm a soldier i'd still run on the road like the fool that i am um foolhardy foolhardy that, that's one way of describing me my best time geez i've done 22 23 minutes which isn't fast It's pretty good though. but it's not really kind of you'd
0: be, you'd be giving it your best though at, at,
2: yeah i did a lot of I used to do, i've done a couple of half marathons in the past um i think 156 was my fastest for a half marathon the last time I did a half marathon, I swore never to run again because it was the most horrendous experience of my life. Um, I hadn't the training done for it, and I was fit to just give up halfway through. But I, I, I struggled on. I'm not going to say where I finished, what time I finished, and what day I finished, but, but I, I did finish. So, yeah, I kind of said 22, 23 minutes for for a 5K. I'm actually hoping to get back into running again this year. Yeah. Um, I have a 10K in mind in July. So... Jack, we might have a race there. You never yeah, know. so there you have
0: it—a sports editor with some sporting pedigree. Which, from working in the newspaper industry for a while, you won't find many sports editors with any sporting no. pedigree. So, so uh, I, I wouldn't really call it pedigree
2: either. <laughs> I just call it kind of—I'm I'm better running downhill yeah. rather than I'm up- uphill. But talking about sporting pedigree, Jack, since the last time we spoke on this podcast, there were hundreds and hundreds and hundreds <laughs> of disappointed fans to learn. You didn't make your debut for the O'Donovan Rossa junior hurlers in the county junior B hurling championship <laughs> opener against Belgoole at Kilte. That was the big game two weeks ago. Fine yeah. spread in this week's paper,
0: but oh, or was, last week's paper.
2: Yeah, it was fantastic spread. Great win for O'Donovan Rossa. Congratulations there. But, but Jack, what happened? How come we didn't see you there? I the photographer <laughs> and all lined up to get that first historic picture of, of Jack in action in the skip jersey, but never came to be.
0: Yeah, well, unfortunately, because of admin... In the GAA My transfer Had not gone through on time And as it was a championship game Mm. Obviously you can't be Risking Playing unregistered players So no I ended up Doing the hurls And the water For the (laughs) afternoon But a fine win For the O'Donovan Russell boys Against Mm. A young Hungry Belgoolie team And I have to give a big shout out To big Stevie Cotter Who put on an absolute masterclass (laughs) 1-2 This man is an absolute machine And uh, I look forward to sharing the field with him in the near future because I just got a text there from someone involved in the club who said your transfer has more or less gone through now what's your address and uh, so hopefully I'll be talking out soon enough and I can come back with a report from the, on the field rather than from the side of the field
2: but now you need to win your place on the team if I could, oh 100% or,
0: they've won two games from two and yeah, won well so i if I could give van
2: Ross uh, any advice here like you have a winning team there like you know you don't want to disrupt a winning team for, for, for one fella so keep going doing what you're doing
0: well I think there's a game this Sunday and uh, as we all know the Ballad of Hob Jazz is on this weekend it's also Bank holiday weekend brilliant. so I, I would suggest that many members of the panel may be coming up with excuses for reasons as why not to play on Sunday but I'm going I'm to make myself available Sunday morning away to Ballygarvan I believe which is
2: up near the city I think doesn't get much bigger than that Jake. no it does not On Bank holiday Sunday <laughs> for, uh,
0: no. and then go back for an out boogie at the Jazz in Ballad of Hob afterwards
2: brilliant no, fantastic. Best look this weekend, Jack. So, again, thanks to everyone for listening to the Star Sport Podcast. Um, we'll be back at the same time next week. And if you enjoy these shows, please make sure to re- re- rate, review and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, wherever you listen to the show. Thanks very
1: much. Thank you for listening to the Star Sports Podcast. Don't forget to pick up this week's Southern Star featuring our award-winning sports section. That is everything a sports fan in West Cork could want. Available every Thursday in shops across West Cork and online from anywhere in the world. The Southern Star, number one for sport in West Cork.